So I'm very happy to host this uh, uh, conversation. So let me introduce this esteemed panel here. First of all, I'm joined by Mr. Kuldeep Khoda, former DG Jammu and Kashmir. He's also executive council member of renowned uh, GCTC. I'm also joined by my colleague and executive editor, Aditya Raj Kaur from TV9 Digital. And also with Dr. Ibrahim Bani of Kashmir University, uh, who has written extensively on Kashmir affairs, a very vocal and, a, uh, of, uh, and, uh, and I would say a very informed voice on the Kashmir affairs. And uh, to all our friends who are listening to us, that it is a conversation, it's not a debate. And getting uh, Mr. Koda, Aditya and Dr. Wani on board is to go through this issue, whether this targeted killing of Hindus and also progressive Muslims, uh, those who serve in army, police, those who, those who are aligned with the national interest, and the selective killing of immigrants uh, from North India, various parts of the country, by terrorists, can it lead to another exodus? And then we'll uh, touch upon other facets of change situation. So let me bring in Mr. Koda first. So do you think that uh, this new phase of hybrid terrorism can create another exodus because today, for the first time after ages, uh, you could see a queue of uh, cars, uh, you know, parked outside Jambu municipality, uh, and it belonged to the families, and the cars were filled with, you know, children, women, and they had all fled Srinagar today. Mr. Kota. Uh, yes, uh, there has been some exodus again, unfortunately. Uh, but we have to recognize the fact that. Uh, it was something uh, which uh, was not absolutely catered for by the security apparatus because uh, because uh, till in the recent past, there was not much uh, emphasis from the terrorist size side to target the minorities, except for isolated incidents. Now they have gone in a bigger way about this. And the inputs which are pouring in is that it's a part of their regular plan to target the minorities the pro-India elements among the majority community also, and uh, the policemen who are deployed otherwise on normal duties like Bandubas duties, traffic duties, or who happen to visit their homes. So they are actually looking for soft, soft targets to discredit the tremendous uh, achievements made by the security forces in eliminating top terrorists during the encounters and also to create an atmosphere of uncertainty, and also to, to uh, uh, make a point on Article 370 that instead of it helping people to come and get back to their homeland, it is working the other way. It is creating the reverse uh, uh, effect of those who are already there and they are leaving. This is, an, uh, this is a shift in strategy from the uh, terrorist side, which is uh, uh, mainly uh, the ISI weapon to keep uh, Kashmir boiling, to keep terrorism on in Kashmir. And uh, we have to respond to it uh, with uh, a proper strategy, which can include, which has to be dealt both on the external and the internal fronts, which we can deliberate on later on. But the point is that this issue has to be tackled head on and we have to uh, address all those factors which are responsible for the present destabilization. Those factors we can go into at length uh, during the course of discussion. 
but the point remains that uh, we have to improve our ground level intelligence and also to identify the people who are overgrown workers who are catering to the requirements of terrorists who are providing them shelter who are giving the terrorists the precise information and the flow of small arms has obviously increased for which primarily the drones are being utilized and that is also a new challenge to the security forces and to the intelligence agencies uh, aditya can you take us through uh, uh, the uh, that's very well put sir can you take us through the decision which uh, was taken by the uh, government today and take us through what is happening uh, last i spoke to you said kartike this is a hybrid warfare where vips are not on the list innocents are on the list so why why this particular decision was taken today of locating a particular set of population in district administration or the center of district administration yeah thank you kartike uh, and good to see uh, kuldeep ji here we were just discussing yesterday the current situation with him uh, you know uh, the situation is such right now that it is not the frontal organizations really it's not the hizbul mujahideen terrorists or the jaish e mohammad or the lashkar e taiba these are people from the civil society you know who are chosen by these terror groups and who are uh, you know doing these lone wolf attacks so it could be a student it could be a lawyer it could be a uh, you know grocery store owner it could be you know the guy next door who would just uh, be given this task for some money to eliminate a particular person who has been chosen uh by these organizations etc or the isi uh you know and finally uh, these uh, you know have, individuals are targeted look at the you know way they have chosen these rahul bhat who was working as a tehsildar uh, you know tehsildar's office in badgam uh, you know Ra- raj uh, the lady who was killed rajni bala who was working in the interiors of kulgam you know from kulgam town at least 10 to 15 kilometers inside and then she had to walk around 1 kilometers in the fields to reach that particular school then finally vijay kumar uh, you know a hindu from rajasthan who was a banker you know who was working uh, inside the ilaka dehati bank which comes under the spi so very chosen targets across uh, it seems that hindus are a target and of course the pamphlets and the distribute uh, which have been distributed clearly indicate that they talk about domicile demographic changes etc the usual propaganda but the meeting that was called today was to you know take a stock of the situation of how things can be resolved how peace can be restored how further killings could be stopped but this this, this is a massive challenge before the security forces one uh, the main demand of the pm package employees was that they should be shifted to jammu this has been categorically rejected by both the jnk government and the central government saying that this would one be a strategic defeat uh, you know taking all the kashmiri hindus the 5000 employees and their families out uh, because the purpose of this entire employment package initially was rehabilitation uh, i will not go to, go into pros and cons of it because you know over the last 8 years there hasn't been any review and i would assume that you know all these years there needs to be finally a review of this pm package because this was initiated by prime minister manmohan singh and then by with inputs from umar abdullah and others so isn't it time that if there are genuine grievances that need to be addressed and if there are other jnk government employees from other religions or communities who have these benefit of you know going in jammu in kashmir freely being transferred then why not kashmiri pandits as well so one is this 
second aspect is that you know the government only can strengthen the counter terror grid they can improve their intelligence just like uh, kuldeep ji mentioned because at the grassroots level it's a massive challenge as i said these are not listed a category b category c category terrorists who are involved in this these are people from normal civil society who are given this task who eliminate a person unfortunately and then they mix up uh, with the usual business day to day business and uh, it's very hard to uh, you know see how uh, you know they uh, can be located secondly the question is also about how the weaponry has changed you know it's not ak47s and the you know high caliber weapons that are being used right now pistols are being used and now pistols that are available you know just like in western up or in bihar or other places are now available in kashmir and in, if i am correct the my information is correct there are more than 250 or 300 such pistols that have been distributed as per intelligence reports all across srinagar and few other districts recently there was a huge cache of 15 pistols that was recovered and a few people were arrested and later you know on interrogation and other it was revealed that same person had already distributed 40 pistols so you can imagine the changing modus operandi the changing uh, strategy of the pakistan deep state and of course the terror groups also who of course cannot now undertake terror attack but they want to go ahead with smaller attacks to create a fear psychosis to create this international media headlines and also create kind of a panic both in new delhi and in kashmir and perhaps divide the society as well kartik ibrahim you uh, you live in kashmir hi, hi you teach there yes hi how are you uh, good to have you on this uh, twitter space discussion uh, before i get into the details of the issue how do you see as an academician uh, as a kashmiri who lived there uh, on the attacks which are taking place on hindus uh, do you think that there is an issue with the strategy or are we trying to locate every answer in context of police and uh, military uh, are there answers to this issue beyond tactic and the grids where the politicians come ibrahim or have we become yes. habituated in thinking in context that only well uh, police officers and um, uh, officers from military are responsible for restor- restoring uh, the peace which in itself will be part of a political process and i imagination is leaving out the responsibility of the politicians uh before i start uh, kartik i must begin with a very strong note of condemnation for these killings uh, <clears throat> and i hope that uh, justice prevails soon i was talking to a friend yesterday and you know we sort of go into a shell and we start praying and during the conversation he kept praying throughout prayers for restoration of safety and security for everyone in kashmir as well as peace closure and justice some of my kashmiri friends with associate will associate with these prayers uh, the way these are done at shrines temples and mosques you know within the limited space in which our civil society operates uh, the civil society i think has been strong in its condemnation of uh, these killings uh, and today i saw the kashmir chamber of uh, commerce also issue a statement condemning this uh, violence and empathizing uh, uh, with uh, uh, the people uh, who were killed and their families and uh, almost all the political parties have been in unison on this condemnation i was seeing uh, the 
local newspapers today and this is what i mostly saw but i also understand that much more needs to be done um, at the same time i understand the civil society operates in a context where uh, fear and grief is pervasive <clears throat> in fact i tell you that you know there is no aspect of everyday life in kashmir where grief has not been introduced due to this daily cycle of violence and killings i remember um, a few months back uh, a teacher uh, a sikh teacher was killed uh, and i i could you know as soon as some of my students came to know of it um, some of the students left for home and uh, some of the students did not turn up for class the next day Uh, as a teacher it becomes very difficult to deal with such situations also when teachers you know get targeted teachers civilians uh, people whom you associate with normal everyday life with, with whom you interact every day i can you know i i i see i understand the sense of tension anxiety and fear and you know it, there is no there are no words to express what religious minorities in kashmir might be feeling right now uh in such contexts you know uh, you know and this is as teachers we must uh, emphasize on this that even the slightest words of understanding and empathy can provide some hope to our minorities but at the same time and i have i've mentioned this in class again and again even a hint of victim shaming or victim blaming as has been uh, a tradition for some people can destroy decades of trust and mutual living um i only i can only use this opportunity to reiterate to my friends please do not leave and have full faith um in our security setup and i'm sure that justice will prevail soon we've seen the work of honest and dedicated policemen and women you know in kashmir and i have some friends who work day in and day out 24/7 to ensure that life remains normal and secure and yet on the other hand i think and that is what you were hinting at we see the impossibilities of the context where despite their best efforts sometimes even the best is not enough particularly in such a dynamic situation uh, and i'm sure that uh, the type of setup we have in place will deal with emerging challenges as and soon the way they're evolving the strategies would also evolve but my my more focus is on how do people here make sense of this pervasive sense of grief and insecurity in numerous conversations with people i've had uh, and this is a qualitative research which sometimes we deploy in our research also i've seen the following perspectives largely uh, you know uh, even though um, it's not empirically tested some people continue to be and are ardent supporters of a democratic setup in kashmir the argument they have is that some sort of a legitimate political process in and on kashmir can introduce some element of calm and help to counter the perceptions of alienation uh, in kashmir however there, i also understand there are some people who may not share some beliefs even within kashmir uh, also even though it is not empirically tested you know uh, but some people expressed anxieties related to loud vitriol and perceived majoritarian discourses in some forms of media despite the inclusive reiterations by our government and the judiciary against the same in conjunctural association people sometimes link these types of discourses on mainstream media with increase okay. in volume of violence within kashmir but i think this is only a hypothesis kashmir has seen violence even without this discourse 
you know, despite these varied perspectives, there is an element of confusion, with, I, which I think is very dangerous. And I think uh, the government is reiterating again and again um, that uh, all um, safety and security will be restored. I will go back to a point which uh, Aditya made, and I have uh, made this point in some of my discussions in the class, which relates largely to what he said, for example, about the ways in which uh, the package employees or largely uh, migrants living in camps or migrants who have come back to work here have been dealt with. I think I think we need uh, a sort of a new contemporary approach to start with. There can be a commission which should talk to a large cross-section of Kashmiri pundits um, uh, and amplify their voices at the same time this commission should work towards, you know, documenting and resolving the demands, but in a time-bound manner. But, you know, there's this, this one academic point I want to make here. But this commission should not only have bureaucrats or judicial officers, it should also have architects, urban studies professionals, psychologists, sociologists and anthropologists who deal with trauma, intergenerational trauma. Uh, why I make this point is that the trauma part is easily understood. But I tell you, uh, a Kashmiri sense of home is usually a two or three story house with a small okay. garden. Uh, it is a cultural violence when you decide the architecture of settlements without even talking to the people who will live there. Nevertheless, I also understand that the government has worked very hard on these settlements and uh, uh, the, now the approach can change. It can be more empathetic and it can also introduce uh, specialists okay. uh, as well as voices from within the community. For example, even to decide what is the type of house you live in. You know, I've done some research on uh, tsunami uh, when the tsunami reconstruction effort happened. Uh, some people who were affected by the tsunami, they were given vertical housing. And after 20, after some time, they left that and went back to their villages to live in because they could not make sense of vertical housing. I think that some of these sensitivities, which are very clear in the Kashmiri cultural sense, do not okay. get reflected uh, you know, in these packages or okay. in these uh, resettlement efforts. And we need to be very careful here. I, 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 I you know, sociologically, I, I, I understand the point you were trying to make. Uh, I would also like to announce that uh, there are a lot of uh, people who want to ask questions, but this is a we have not opened the space. So if you want me to put up a question to our esteemed panel, uh, you can uh, you can you can tweet it to us, and I'll take it. Like for example, my next question was to Mr. Koda as to what should be done, what can be done, uh, what should the administration do. So there was a there was a question from the audience that. Why is there so much weapons from? Uh, why, 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 how come these terrorists uh, are in possession of such weapons? Why can't our intelligence stop the supply of weapons? You know, this is a question which has come to me. Uh, but I'll put it inside the question as part of the question, Mr. Koda, which I want to ask you: What can be done, or what needs to be done? Is it just policing, patrolling, garrisoning, or there is something more which is required so that uh, the Hindus feel safe there, or the people who are the immigrants from India feel safe there? Artike, we have to follow a time-tested process to neutralize this new emerging problem, which was utilized sometime in the past also, but not pursued so relentlessly by the terrorists as it has been happening now. 
uh, if you look at the figures, the statistics of past 32 years of terrorism, they were lowest in the year 2012. And uh, prior to that, of course, uh, after 2001, Twin Tower uh, bombings and uh, the global response to terrorism, the violence started abating. And it didn't abate only because of the general global approach, but also because of the efforts of the security forces and the police, which was, of course, in the forefront in collecting intelligence, in leading to targeted operations and surgical operations, which prevented collateral damage also to a huge extent. And that gave huge successes that uh, restored faith in the people also that the collateral damages will not be there, the innocent lives will not be lost, but the terrorists will be targeted and eliminated also. And uh, we, we achieved results also. But after 2012, for reasons which are not very comprehensible or uh, which may be due to certain other factors uh, for which we can hold Pakistan and ISI also responsible, that the violence has been slightly increasing, but not to an extent that uh, it is alarming. So what we have done is one of the paradigmic changes which brought uh, huge uh, uh, results was that we had started a, a process of uh, informal census at the Thana level, census in the form of identifying the places, the houses, where the terrorists can find support, where they can get some, uh, you know, radicalized youth from the houses where an ideology of particular type is being followed by the elders in the family or where the youth generally try to get motivated by the elements who are inimical to the interest of India. So an identification house-to-house -house, uh, uh, survey was carried out at each Thana level and a list was prepared. And in any uh, situation, those houses would be uh, suspects, but it was not that uh, arbitrary arrests were being made. It was the leads were followed. And then we could probably uh, uh, zero in on the exact house, which could be responsible for a particular type of incident which happened there. So that gave us an elbow room in the sense that uh, we did not uh, try to go for arbitrary searches, search and cordon operations. If you recall, in uh, in those years after 2007 and 8, particularly the cordon search operations were gone. It was basically the uh, identifying the people who could be involved in particular incidents or where a fertile ground exists for recruiting such people. As Aditi mentioned, that people who are generally next door neighbors or some uh, uh, youth who are otherwise not uh, under radar could be involved in the target in these killings through use of pistols, small arms. Uh, but uh, these, uh, the census gave us very positive results and uh, we could uh, uh, prevent many actions and uh, on ground, as I mentioned, we got results also. The second thing was that in, uh, in, the, in uh, our day-to-day -day working, we had regular core group meetings which was a joint uh, meeting between the Army Corps Commander, the DGP, the intelligence agencies, which included the State Intelligence, uh, Raw Intelligence Bureau, the Army Intelligence, then the uh, paramilitary force commanders, the Army uh, field officers, the police field officers, all would sit for a few hours, uh, roughly every week or so, and decide minutest operations and minutest details about the movement of terrorists, about the likely hideouts, about the happenings in villages, about change, about some new mom coming to from UP or Bihar in a particular mosque and trying to spread uh, radicalization among youth. 
you know, all those finer details would be collected and then the follow-up action would be taken. So I think we need to pursue that very vigorously to identify these elements who are being recruited or used by terrorists to uh, target the minorities and the pro-India elements among other communities also. They, they, about the political process which was mentioned, uh, the political process is always welcome. But I'm afraid that political process is not going to lead to a situation where these sorts of incidents, the terrorism on the whole, or uh, the lone wolf attacks or the killing of uh, targeting of minorities individually can be prevented. They, 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 the political uh, process is good for addressing the problems of people, addressing development, uh, addressing the grievances of people. And of course, to an extent, it can be utilized to uh, stop the spread of radicalization. But beyond that, we have to take concerted measures on, uh, on reversing the radicalization, which has gained momentum because of various happenings within JNK also and outside JNK also. And at the same time, we have to focus our intelligence on the, on the ground level to villages, to places, to the houses, the suspect houses, and then on the external front, uh, uh, the, the, the known problem which has been uh, troubling us now for, for since the inception of terrorism is Pakistan. How to handle Pakistan? That is something which has to be decided at the central level. Uh, the, the, the dialogue has not yielded the process. The people-to-people -people contact has not uh, given any results. All those cultural exchanges and uh, uh, the, the, the visits and uh, you know, propagands of dialogue or uh, the, the track two, track three measures. They have, I, I, I let us admit it very frankly, they, they have not result, given any results. And those procedures have been utilized by the people to, for their own movement, for their own stay, for their own travel, and for their own comfort, staying in big hotels and traveling around and being in the media uh, for, as being uh, proponents of establishment of peace in Kashmir. Unfortunately, as we expected always, as we had always appreciated in the security force agencies, that they never will never give results and they have not given any results. Any such exercise is not going to get, get us results. So let's not pursue a path which has all resulted in failure repeatedly, not once, but all over repeatedly various attempts were made. We should not fall again in a trap by the propagands of these people who want to go for track two and track three and other diplomacies. We have to take Pakistan head on, politically, diplomatically, and, in, and, and if required, militarily also. And in the past, we have seen the surgical operations in Udi, Balakot, and probably something bigger needs to be done now to make Pakistan pay for the misadventures it has been pursuing for decades now. So this process has to end now. It cannot be allowed to keep on happening. And probably we have gone into a situation where people have got a feeling that the government is now okay with some level of terrorism uh, in, in Kashmir. But if we if we have uh, if we really care for our country and for the people of the country, we have to make efforts to establish complete peace all over the country and particularly in Kashmir. Kartike. Okay. I am through Kartike. Okay. Uh you know, you made a lot of points. You made you made a point on Pakistan. Uh, you made you made a point on uh, tactic and uh, strategy. 
you know about one point kartik i want to make about this pm package employees you know it's okay. it's good that uh, i mean the government of india's decision is very logical that they have to remain there otherwise if they if the government allows their movement back to jammu and other places it will be a failure of a big effort which was launched during uh, prime minister manmohan singh's time and a failure which admits to uh which makes the government admit that only the migration of minorities out of kashmir is the solution to the problem that is the biggest political and other failure also and not in the interest of the people of jammu and kashmir also but at the same time we have to look at the ground realities if they are working there they are exposed to uh, to to the instability which is prevailing in kashmir they are exposed to the uh, terrorist attacks they are exposed to targeted killings they have to move out they have to stay at some place which can be secured they can they have to go to place of work they have to commute also they have to go to market also i mean to how far you can ensure their protection that is something very difficult to understand the only solution for their protection is that that we have to eliminate terrorism in full that's the only way till that time if we can make some arrangements like they stay in uh, at uh, at secured places make their travel from place of stay to place of work secure in in sort of convoys or in sort of secured uh, transport and at the place of work also there has to be some security that's fine but the way they were deployed probably would take took it for granted that terrorist strategy of not targeting minorities is something which can be presumed and we have exposed our assessment to be wrong in that sense that we never thought probably that the terrorist can resort to attack on minorities otherwise the way they were working there the way they were deployed there they were always vulnerable and these events which have happened in the past few days or past few months were just waiting to happen only this was always an apprehension in my mind at least and i used to repeatedly in my dialogues for last 3 4 years i have been mentioning it in various in various uh, similar programs that they are vulnerable and this sort of peace is not going to last the day the terrorists decide to target them they can target them thank you the kartike very well put sir very well put uh, aditya you know i'm not going to ask you to comment on what mr koda said but after listening to him i'll take you to a different uh, trajectory you know we had a conversation uh, and he said and we we agreed that 370 its revocation was a historic decision it changed a lot of things in kashmir uh, there was a euphoria there was a political process people felt that people could go back and uh, settle you know P- things would be conducive enough uh where would kashmiris be kashmiri pandits and they would be they, would, they they could go back sell their properties uh restructure them remake them i live in a society in noida there were three petitions which i gave it to a particular politicians but then nothing came out of it because uh the support structure was not there for them in srinagar so do you think something what went wrong because you know to confuse uh the targeted killing of kashmiri hindus and to to completely dissociate it from the larger political flows i think would be uh, wrong aditya you know kartike there are uh, i'll make it w- one thing very clear and you know uh, as per my opinion you know 370 uh, abrogation as we all agree is a game changer but uh, you know it has nothing to do with kashmiri pandits as say you know we as normal indians welcomed it 
and we were obviously uh, as indians first uh, you know wanted 370 to go because this was a barrier but 370 per se was not about kashmiri pandits it had nothing to change uh, you know about kashmiri pandits as stakeholders or their lives and secondly you know kashmiri pandits lives before 370 abrogation and after 370 abrogation has been same and would have been same so i don't see you know anything in relation to 370 and secondly if you ask me a pointed question that whether rehabilitation of kashmiri pandits is possible today it is not you know how can a person who has left the valley 3 decades ago uh you know due to terrorism due to fear psychosis due to killings targeted assassinations due to rape due to murder due to you know properties being burnt due to these threats uh that you know you either convert or die uh so i don't see that possibility again you know of those people a, a generation we have lost already and the new generation that has grown in these three decades to you know again think of returning not because they don't want to they certainly want to and they have an emotional bond uh, you know their roots are still in kashmir but there is still uh, a lot of terrorism there is still a lot of radicalization there is still you know fear uh, in the minds of people when they go there i would certainly tell you that when i visit professionally uh, i have at the back of the mind that i am a target there and i have my friends in the police and the security forces and i know people in the intelligence agencies who keep on warning me that you know once you are in shrinagar you know you should you should keep security with you so uh, i don't particularly feel that uh, at least in the present day or the for the next few years the kashmiri pandit rehabilitation is a possibility the pm package employees are also there because uh, one they are uh, economically not unfortunately from go, you know well of families they stayed in camps in jammu for several years they had to face a lot of heat in muft muthi um you know jagati in mishriwala purku and several of these camps in jammu and finally they got this job package which was great but this has a clause that they you have to stay in kashmir if you leave kashmir you will leave the, you will lose the job and you will lose the transit accommodation that you have so this is a forced rehabilitation at least for those 5000 you know employees so i don't see a rehabilitation uh, you know in the present context uh, possible secondly on the question of 370 yes it was a game changer but consistency is important and as kuldeep kodaji mentioned very rightly that it has to happen from the minutest level the entire security apparatus aditya that's a very uh, strong word to use forced rehabilitation yeah. could you please elaborate on that yeah you know forced rehabilitation is it's it's basically common sense that you know uh, uh, government perhaps during manmohan singh's time with inputs from omar abdullah and others felt that you know we have to show to the world that there is peace there is calm there is rehabilitation that is happening and that's why this pm package employment was devised and under this package you know those people only in jammu who you know who are uh, uh, you know living in hapless conditions in camps even today uh, at least in jagati and muthi uh, they got these jobs so so when there is a clause you know other the difference between a normal jnk government employee and a pm package employee is that a jnk government employee can be transferred between jammu and kashmir division while a you know a kashmiri pandit has to stay in the home district in kashmir valley and nowhere else he cannot be transferred and to top it all the bureaucracy has played such a game unfortunately in kashmir over the years that uh, these people have not been promoted several of them have not been promoted at all and they have been stuck so 
you know when you don't listen to them there is this you know kind of a you know एक अंदर ही अंदर गुटन सी महसूस होती है इन सब के मन में तो ये ये जो आज प्रोटेस्ट कर रहे हैं ये गुटन से मजबूरी में डिस्परेशन में प्रोटेस्ट कर रहे हैं कि किसी ने गुहार ही नहीं सुनी इनकी और मुझे नहीं लगता कि जो प्रोटेस्ट अगर पहले आपने बोला कि अंदर ही अंदर घुटन होती है आपको क्या लगता है दिस होल सेटलमेंट इशू Uh, for the Kashmiri Pandits has become a matter of ego for the administration. Jo aaj bola ki nahi transfer nahi karenge Jammu. Uh, are you talking about the PM package? Yes. Aditya, can you please unmute yourself? Yeah, I didn't hear your question. Uh, come again, please. I said, do you feel that it has, administration has made it a matter of ego? Nahi transfer karenge. Yeah, I mean. ब्यूरोसी ट्रांसफर नहीं करेंगे आपको यू नो आई गिव यू सिंपल एग्जाम्पल जब राहुल भट्ट की डेथ हुई जब उसको मारा गया जे एंड के गवर्नमेंट गेव एन अनाउंसमेंट दैट विद इन अ वीक वी विल डू ऑल द ट्रांसफर पोस्टिंग्स वी विल मूव यू टू सेफ लोकेशन इन डिस्ट्रिक्ट हेडक्वार्टर्स क्या आज तक वो हुआ है सबका एंड इफ इट हैजनी बाला डाई रजनी बालाज हजबेंड क्राइड बिफोर द मीडिया that four times i went to my superior saying that please transfer me the government has said that the minority people can now be transferred to district headquarters and the you know the, his boss said that aap bar bar mat aaiye mere paas agar aap fir se panchvi bar aayenge to aapke khilaf disciplinary action lunga main so this is the mindset it is this is the mindset of the bureaucracy for years and top to chalo kuch had tak hai the lower bureaucracy does not want this to happen so the government will have to overhaul the government will have to do something about it and this is not an overnight problem this has been happening for years together so whenever they petition on security grounds you have to be considerate you have to i'm not saying that shift them to jammu you know at least in kashmir and district head okay have you made your argument uh, aditya you have to ensure the security as well i'm saying have you made your argument i think i lost you for for uh, for, for a second yeah please yeah yeah you can go ahead ibrahim can you please unmute yourself dr wani yes kant uh yes. ibrahim you know you heard uh, uh you heard mr koda then you heard aditya about this issue do you feel that the responsibility uh also lies with the uh let me put it bluntly uh in a sociological way it it, it also lies with the resident majority community to ensure that the minority is safe uh yes kartike um, i think i started with that when i spoke and uh, i must reiterate today and uh, i think uh, i i speak on behalf of at least some of my friends whom i talk to every day uh, that uh, we need to talk we need to identify the vulnerabilities which uh, let us say uh, those people who have been posted here face um, and we need to talk to those kashmiri pandits or let us say um, those people from jammu who work here um please talk to minorities empathetically um i i have no other way of putting it uh, than to say that please talk to them empathetically listen to them please feel their pain and uh, i think ask them for solutions um i think if it is a matter of uh, safety of yourself your children you know try to understand it in a holistic way uh, for example i go to university 
uh, and the, I also felt, you know, being a part of this discussion, what would can can there be a threat against me? But forgetting about that, uh, I am not even concerned with the threat against me. What about the threat against my family? What against, uh, oh, you know, you have to understand it in that way. They're not just talking about their postings. Please understand, they're also talking about their children going to school. They're also talking about how they'll go to the market. So this needs to be understood in that way. Uh, if um, I, I'm not saying recycle, I'm not saying take them somewhere else. But sometimes even for that five days, 10 days, 20 days, till that confidence is restored, uh, you know, I think that is very important. Um, I think somewhere in this discussion, we need to understand uh, that not just, uh, you know, and I think the police, the, uh, the, the, the bureaucracy, the leadership of the state is doing a good job. But as I mentioned again, that we need to introduce some other professionals into this discussion, uh, which would include, you know, people who have studied uh, uh, undergoing psychology, psychiatry, anthropology, um, you know, people who they can relate to. That's very important. Also, I think, you know, slightly diverging from this, uh, you know, uh, there are some issues uh, which need immediate attention. Uh, like Aditya also mentioned, the problem of promotions. You know, if someone is here, please provide him or her uh, a clear path for promotions. Uh, uh, similarly, uh, if someone has land ownings in a particular place, uh, which are still there, uh, you know, how do you secure those or, or visits to those for the people? And I think uh, the linkages with uh, the rest of the community or the rest of the society are very important. We also need to talk in terms of what are the platforms we can devise to improve this communication and interface. Um, I'm sure it is very difficult, but I'm sure if we talk through it, if we come up with solutions for that, if we make attempts at the ground level um, and the support of the government, the police, the judiciary, uh, the journalists is very important there. That what are the platforms we can create to, you know, create greater interface between communities. Um, it is not as if you know, we understand it in an ideal way that a person will come and will live in a settle, will go to office and will live in the settlement. The, the, the li life is not limited to that. Uh, you know, what are the ways in which we can improve these interactions? What are the ways in which we can instill confidence um, in the minority community uh, as well as uh, instill a sense of um, security in, in the society generally? So these are very important things we should be talking about. Uh, as a teacher, I think uh, we should also focus on some other um, themes which may not be directly related to this, but which may have a bearing on it. Uh, you know, we need a very strong and empathetic development uh, grid here. And uh, that is what I hinted at uh, when I said um, um, empathetic development that, you know, is, is a flat a sense of a Kashmiri home. And Aditya mentioned the word root. Uh, you know, uh, a house in the form of, uh, you know, a home in the form of a house is the location through which that route is imagined in some of the cases. Uh, similarly, uh, we need a very strong uh, focus on counseling and mental health services. Um, we we need a lot of work on uh, de-addiction centers. Um, uh, we need a lot of 
work on increasing investments in quality education to create um, a more sensitive and an aspirational class. And I think here, and I think I mentioned this to you earlier also, um, I think uh, we need the private sector to come in here and, you know, um, um, we need more placements here. You know, we need to create aspirations as, let us say, are there in Delhi, Bombay, Bangalore, elsewhere. Uh, um, yes, and and I would again reiterate, um, and I think as it as teachers we try to do in our it in our class, and I think someone has to take the lead on this in our society. That you know, how do we introduce empathy and sensitivity into these discussions? Um, uh, you know, I think that wasn't. Uh, I I think I mentioned it in passing. Or sometimes what happens is there is victim shaming or victim blaming. It does not just happen here; it happens elsewhere also. How do we counter that, you know, because I have seen and I've observed that, you know, despite your best efforts, just one post here and one post there on victim shaming and um, the person loses decades of trust. So we need to work on some of these uh, dimensions also, in addition to strengthening of uh, the development grid and the security grid. Okay. Okay. Uh, going back to Mr. Khoda, sir, can you please unmute yourself? Yes. Sir, in in your in your uh, in your professional life, you must have seen these cycles. Sometimes uh, uh, the statistics normalizes. Sometimes it becomes invisible. Sometimes it's too high to be ignored. Uh, there's a there's a continuous uh, uptick and downtick. But in your opinion, uh, what do you think should be a holistic strategy? Uh, whereby not only the minorities feel safe in Kashmir Valley, but also uh, a process of reintegration starts. Because I remember in 2002-2003, Operation Sadhbhamna started by uh, Army, headed by RR, in itself was a big novelty. Uh, Mr. Kartike, your voice is, uh, there's some interruption in your voice. Okay. Uh, was I inaudible to you, sir? I'm audible, but in between, the, the, your voice gets cut, unlike uh, okay. others, other speakers uh, like Mr. Ibrahim or Aditya. Their voice okay. is true, but your voice gets some interruptions in between. Okay. I'm saying that, uh, do, uh, you know, generally uh, people have this habit of uh, understanding the issues of security uh, or the terrorism only from the perspective of police action. Uh, you, you have also served in non-police positions. Uh, do you think that there should be some uh, additional effort at a political level uh, so that uh, the issues which concerns the minorities get addressed? You know, the, the, uh, many issues. I focused on the police and the security issues uh, primarily, but uh, other issues uh, Mr. Ibrahim has brought out very well. They are very important uh, to be addressed and uh, to be pursued vigorously with the with 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 a lot of sincerity and i'm sure those efforts will give results we need to spread uh, the area of development because i am not really very sure as to how far the the development in kashmir or jammu for that matter has taken place on ground i think for that some sort of uh, uh, assessment at the central level also needs to be made because development which is job oriented we can also lead to a lot of uh, uh, lot of uh, uh, issues 
to get subsided because the youth who are uh, I, 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 I know lots of people say that the unemployment and terrorism is not related. Yes, they are not related. But the youth who are vulnerable to be brainwashed into terrorism, if they find suitable employment, they, the avenues for the terrorists to brainwash those youth, they, those sources get, they, they dry up. So to that extent, we have to find out how best the developmental process can be taken forward in real sense the job creation, especially in private sector, has to come up in a big way. That unfortunately has not been happening the way one expected, particularly after the central rule in 2018 uh, in JNK. And uh, the other issue you mentioned earlier about uh, the waxing and waning of uh, incidents and terrorism, yes, that has, there has been a pattern to it. And the pattern has not been without uh, a reason. Uh, the main reason uh, of uh, waxing and waning of terrorism has been that Pakistan has been always interested to keep the levels of terrorism within manageable levels so that it does not escalate into a full-fledged war or it does not escalate into a, into a severe action against Pakistan, both by India and at the national level. So internationally, Pakistan wanted to avoid pressure coming on it and at the same time, they used to ensure that certain levels of terrorism are maintained, and if the violence would go, they, in short, I would say the type of terrorism was generally in their hands to control. Uh, and uh, we generally try to respond to situation. Our approach has been to react to a situation rather than proactively address the root cause of the problem and eliminate the sources of terrorism which are emanating from across the border. So we have to now, if we want to establish peace, if we want to genuinely see that Kashmiris voluntarily return back, Kashmiri Pandits voluntarily return back and get rehabilitated in Valley, the terrorism has to finish. It is not that it has to be just kept, you know, managed right till now, we're just managing the terrorism. That is the, the main difference between the present response and the required response. So we had to seriously address Pakistan in the first instance. And as uh, Mr. Ibrahim mentioned about the trust between the communities, that will go a long way in uh, building the psychological uh, unity among uh, various communities in Valley and also brings, bring some mental uh, uh, comfort to the minorities who are staying there at, at present. Those efforts have to continue. That, mm -hmm. that is going to be that is going to help a lot, but of course the terrorism problem has to be addressed head on. Karthike? Yes, I think that's very well put, sir. Uh, I'll just elaborate. Uh, I'll just uh, broaden this uh, conversation a little further. Uh, Aditya, to use a corporate parlance, uh, there is no denying the fact that the main player is Pakistan. Weapons come from Pakistan. They trained it. They were the harbingers of it. There is no doubt about it. But to use the corporate parlance, what sort of HR investment is required in Kashmir Valley in terms of nurturing a different civil society? What sort of investment in civil society is required? Aditya. You know, firstly, uh, the Pakistani terrorists have faced a lot of problems in uh, Kashmir in the last few years. So we've had a hard approach. We've done excellent operations. Many terrorists have been killed. And as Karthike, we were discussing last time on your show as well, 
my you know simple philosophy and my you know comments whenever somebody in the security establishment asks me is that you know over the last 30 years we have had this vicious cycle of you know radicalism recruitment terror organization unleashing terror and then eventually we having a caso operation intelligence based caso operation and eliminating terrorists so every year we kill 250 to 300 terrorists and game is over the entire challenge is of eliminating terrorism just like kuldeep ji mentioned you know it's not only eliminating terrorists so you have to start at the grassroots level which is the police station level the kind of rapport that a district police chiefs or his subordinates have with the local population has to be further increased the kind of rapport the kind of understanding uh, on their fingertips of who these radicals are because the game has completely changed the game is now about not ak47s but pistols pistols don't have to come from pakistan pistols are available here uh, the terrorists don't have to necessarily come from pakistan you recruit uh, anybody in hybrid mode and he will do the job for you so it's a bigger challenge it's a bigger responsibility and it needs a different kind of policing it doesn't only need uh, you know killing terrorists which is anyway something that the jnk police is very efficient in uh, both in intelligence as well as operations so i believe that uh, the policing has to change a little bit in this context because this is much more challenging to you know identify these elements within the society the both the ogws and the you know hybrid terrorists and then overall also you know one more thing which is a little controversial which i'll say is that you know we've been killing terrorists which is great uh, you know the operations that the forces launch but in this process there are several people you know who are just 5 days old or 10 day old uh, people who have been brainwashed who have been sometimes forced who have been given the name of religion the main name of their parents or somebody in their family who was killed by the forces so is this necessary you know can we have some kind of a deradicalization process where youngsters you know only in between teenagers or perhaps till the age of 20 who are forced who are brainwashed can we have some kind of a deradicalization approach in that that is something that the system and the security apparatus will have to think as well but when it comes to pakistan when it comes to terror group we'll have to have a hard approach and secondly you will have to increase the costs at this moment i don't think the kind of fear that the terrorists had between i believe 17 and 1920 that seems to be fading so the security apparatus will have to think that what changes have to be brought in so that the costs increase on terrorists on people who provide them shelter or ideological support or any other kind of a you know money etc so the costs will have to significantly increase to convey a message immediately after you know any such kind of a you know cold blooded murder that takes place on an administrative front i feel that the government will have to be much more you know empathetic and understanding to the issue not just of kashmiri pandits and pm package employees but all minorities you know there is a significant population of jammu dogras and rajputs and others you know uh, people from the sc community uh, and even tribals etc who are there in kashmir and they have been a target as well so why not look at their security concerns as well because they are an equal target uh, as kashmiri pandit hindus 
so their uh, you know problems need to be looked in uh, also there's a significant sikh population there and uh, also the silent majority in the kashmiri muslims you know over the last one year you've seen protests at lal chowk against terrorism you've seen indian tricolor being unfurled you've seen kashmiri muslim sportsmen artists several doing very well and you know representing india unfurling the tricolor very proudly but they have to be motivated much more they have to be given sense of security much more uh, that needs to happen so i think uh, overall the administration and the police will have to uh, you know some some way find, find some kind of an advisory council where they involve the local stakeholders also from all communities understand their pain you know grievances and then take a call on it thank you kartik okay uh, and every last key do you attend another to program i beg your leave right now No, thank you, Mr. Koda, because I'll be taking the closing com- uh, comment from Ibrahim. If you can just stay with us for two minutes, uh, I'll be really obliged. Ibrahim, if you can just conclude this conversation for us. Uh, the, when I ask this question, where should the investments be? Because the debate in the mainstream has been that the investments in, uh, in terms of civil society were at the wrong places. You engaged those who were part of this process of violence, but you never engaged those uh, who wanted to do things different. And last time when I came to Srinagar, I met women rappers. I I met women who uh, you know who have left their jobs at the government, but they're potters. I met calligraphers, women again, and I have met. Uh, you know uh young men uh, who wants to be football tricksters from saima to shafia uh to uh, to many other such young men and women ibrahim yes kartik um, uh, is just one minute i think we forgot this category of migrant workers uh, who come in thousands to work in kashmir and i think we also need need to understand that sometimes they also become the target of uh, a lot of violence uh, which may be armed and um, because of their class uh, backgrounds we don't focus on them much and they continue to live in this precarity so they can also be a part of this uh, you know effort uh, wherein we try to secure their existence and interestingly i've worked on some projects on migrant workers and uh, in most of my data i've i've observed that they have very good interface with the local population it's only through these incidents of targeted arm violence uh, that they sometimes have to leave their work which would mean pushing uh, a lot of families into poverty back home or from their source areas uh, coming back uh, to your question uh, i think there are two uh, areas i particularly need to focus on one is that sometimes what happens is that we associate let us say an incident with the news value and forget it after some time uh, unfortunately that may be the case in other discourses or other uh, aspects of life too we uh, we need to nurture civil society organizations and ngos who work long term with families for example uh, with with people uh, who are affected by violence their families need long term care uh, we need to nurture such uh, we need to identify and create those capacities which would extend long term care also i think i come back to this point on uh, trauma you know we've seen in these movies and I, i'm sure in the nordic countries and in many other um, countries in the world you have trauma counselors you know Uh, we need to help uh, people uh, you know to cope with their trauma 
and uh, you know for example a family has faced a traumatic incident who is the first person who uh, interacts with them how do you uh, engage with uh, kids who have faced trauma i think as aditya also mentioned maybe there may be some cases wherein some um, children or some youth may see that someone in their family has died in whatever incident i would not go into that but how do we help that person process trauma and cope with them and at the same time how do we uh, you know create an aspiration for a better life for him that is also very important uh, uh, as a teacher i would also suggest that you know um, which is more practical that we have more student interactions and workshops uh, i think i've been thinking about it for a very long time you know um, we, our universities can have exchanges and uh, students can interact for example kashmiri muslim students kashmiri sikh students kashmiri pandit students in a safe environment uh, wherein it can be long workshops I, i'm sure uh, the first day of the workshop may be problematic but i'm sure by the, by okay. the third or the fourth day they would be very good friends i think we need to create those spaces and we need to invest in those spaces and i think with the government as well as the private sector that can be done thank you so much uh, i would again like to thank uh, uh, mr kuldeep khoda aditya and ibrahim and i think the biggest uh, takeaway is that at least there is a um, there's a sense of understanding in the mainstream uh, in a non uh, uh, in a ma- in mainstream narrative that there are multiple ways to look at the current problem one and secondly yes a lot of families have come back but it's not an exodus uh, today uh, there were more than uh, 10 dozen family which came but uh, to use the word exodus would be an exaggeration but to deny the word that there is no nervousness in the valley would be incorrect uh, secondly a very important decision has been taken today uh, that most of them under that pm scheme would be transferred to district headquarters let's see how it succeeds uh, will it create the problem of garrisoning because ultimately it doesn't work and lastly uh, integration also requires uh, some sort of reconciliation i'm not saying that truth and reconciliation can be replicated in other parts of the world which was a very successful and a shining example in south africa but nonetheless uh, uh, it's an issue which engages india and it's an uh, it's it's an issue which is very important for the stability uh, of uh, the valley uh, if you want a prosperous kashmir valley it has to have space for kashmiri pandits because they are integral to it so thank you uh, mr kuldeep koda uh, aditya and uh, Uh, Dr. Ibrahim Wani, uh, for being part of the space, and thank you all the listeners uh, for patiently listening into all the uh, issues, the samvad we had, the conversation we had, and next week we'll be back again with uh, uh, another issue. Thank you all.